Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hedlund. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insights into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey, welcome everybody. You listen to Andy Mason. Welcome to the table around authentic conversations around the messy intersection of faith, family, and business. And I've got a treat for you today. I have with me Leif Hetland. And Leif is actually going to be speaking at the Heaven and Business Conference coming up in Atlanta in April. But I just thought it would be so fun for you to hear a little bit about him, uh, where he's come from, where he's going, what he's seeing God do. And you may have heard of what Leif has been doing uh, in particular parts of the world where there's so many being people being influenced by the presence and power of God. But you, what, what you may not know is what he's doing with business people. So Leif, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much, Andy. It is such a privilege and I'm excited just to share with the family out there. Yeah. So tell us, tell us a little bit about where... What is it that you lead right now, and what are you most excited about this year that you get to be playing with? Well, uh, I have about three different organizations. One is Global Mission Awareness, which is pretty much a, a healthy kingdom family movement. So in 22 countries, uh, it's, it's not just churches and ministries, it's also businesses, but we have a, a family of families on mission and especially focusing on the unreached areas of the world where the gospel has never been before, the Muslim world specifically. And then the second, uh, I also have Leif Hetland Ministries. I, I travel around meeting with both churches and ministries. And then I have a uh, S-Corp called Convergence. So I'm involved a little bit in the marketplace and in business. So I kind of a juggle that. And then I'm doing a little doctor degree on the side. So I'm not a high achiever. Yeah, kind of, kind of a little bit busy. And I know you're married. You have children? Yeah. Uh, been married to Jennifer. Uh, would be 34 years now next month. Yeah. And uh, thank you. And uh, she's a good Cherokee Indian background. And I'm Norwegian Viking. So you can imagine our kids. They're and, fiery. Yeah. We have four grown kids, a, a son that is 33. And his uh, beloved wife, uh, they've been married for 10 years. And then Lila Ann, uh, our oldest daughter, she's married to Rayvon. They live in Atlanta. And then Courtney just got married and she moved back to Norway. And oh, then wow. Kathy lives in Norway. So we had a big Norwegian wedding. So we have two of our daughters in Norway. And then we have two of our kids here in Atlanta. And I'm sitting right now in the office, which is a little bit south of Atlanta Airport. Actually, about five minutes away from where we're going to have the, the Heavens Business Conference. Fantastic. So I, I was going to ask you the question about, obviously, your accent, but you've said you're a Viking, you're a Viking Norwegian. So how does a Viking from Norway end up in Atlanta doing what you are doing all over the world? But it's kind of a... I'm trying to do the shortness of this story, but uh, actually, uh, uh, yeah, when I was born in Norway, I didn't realize my mom, she actually had a surgery when she carried me. So I didn't know subconsciously speaking, there was some fear element. I was also attacked when I was 12 years old. I came from a very good family, godly family. My dad is a business guy that was an elder in the church. But when that happened, shame came in. So fear, shame, and guilt was three giants that follow me. And I ended up as a prodigal son pretty much from I was 13 to 18. Ended up as a suicidal drug addict, got gloriously saved, healed, 
delivered. And then now when I met Jesus, I was going to give everything for him and following him. And I actually went uh, to Germany for acting training and I became a Christian actor. That's oh, wow. how I ended up in Los Angeles in 85. And then we were on a tour with this repertory theater company. And I met my wife in 1988 in Columbus, Georgia. And then when we got married in 89, I kind of had to make a choice if I was going to be on the road. And at that moment, I was either going to be an international business lawyer. That's what my desire was because I had that in me or if God called me for ministry. And it's kind of a fun incident because in uh, it was in November 1988, I went up to Memphis, Tennessee for something called an expository preaching and exemplary living conference with my father-in-law. And he's good old Southern Baptist. And it was a man named Dr. Stephen Olford. For the people that don't know him, he's the one that prayed for Billy Graham. When Billy Graham received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you can read about it in the biography. But he called me into his little office and he said, young man, you are called to preach. You are called to the ministry. And for me, I didn't know what that meant. But the only way we could think is Bible college, seminary, church. And that's the direction I went. So I almost kind of divorced myself from being a lawyer and <laughs> from, from the love of law to the love of love. That's kind of <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I, started, I started the ministry world and, and, and to make that story short, we ended up back in Norway. I was there for about seven years as a Baptist pastor. But during that time is when renewal hit. And one of the significant part of my story was on June 6, 1995. Anyone that are familiar with Randy Clark and yeah. Baker out there, but Randy Clark, he prophesied over me as a Baptist pastor. And he saw me going into the darkest places in the world where the gospel has never been before. And when he did, electricity and fire hit me. I was on the floor. He writes about it in his book, There Is More. And through this encounter, I came up on that place, and I was changed. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. And something was changed. And six months later, I'm in the Middle East doing the first event, and I saw the lame people walking, blind people seeing. And I saw there was one quadriplegic. Changed my life. Friends had carried him on a stretcher, and they brought him to the meeting. And when me as a Baptist pastor of a small Baptist church. But then in a matter of three days, because of these miracles, they invited their friends, and it went from 8,000 to 16,000 to 22,400. And in three days, 22,400, 90% Muslims surrendered their life to Jesus. And I was changed. At that moment, it's like I've been fishing all night, getting very little of whatever way I was doing. And he was teaching me. It's called power evangelism. He was just teaching me another way of operating. And that started my journey. And that was in the end of 1995. And then now I've been on a journey that have led me to 106 countries around the world. And I think the enjoyment now on my journey is a little bit different because of uh, we, we've, one of the prophecy was I was going to see a million Muslims saved. And I didn't even know one Muslim. It was like Mission Impossible. I didn't even love Muslims. But in 2013, we passed the 1 million mark. But also my shift, I had a baptism of love experience that is so much connected to me. And even some, how it connected me back again to the marketplace. And that was one of the major assignments God has given me is to get rid of the orphan heart and the orphan spirit. And to making sure that it is the spirit of sonship and daughtership that goes before leadership or any other ship. So we don't have all these shipwrecks and family and businesses and churches. So that's been my, my assignment. And that's kind of a started uh, primary about 15, I would say maybe 20 years ago it started, but 15 years ago I started to be part of a CEO group because of favor. And that has kind of led me into the 
the mixture between both, both government and right here you can see there's this kind of a gold medallion and an eagle, and the eagle is also a picture, but that's, it's the international peace award by the president of Pakistan wow. as an ambassador of love, it says, as an ambassador of love. And the reason that I have it there as a memory stone, it's just out of humility, knowing the process that God has brought me through, that he took a broken drug addict, place me before presidents and kings, and then get to represent the king, like King Jesus, as an ambassador of love. And love is the language that I teach all over the world, which is the language the blind eyes can see and the deaf ears can hear. So tell me, you told me a story in the past where uh, you're the infidel. You are the sworn enemy of some of these people. And within two minutes, uh, a leader of that environment goes from calling you an infidel to calling you his brother that he would die for. Tell us about that story. Yeah, there's actually, there's, I know which story you're talking about, but there's actually two, three stories very okay. similar that's happened. But one of the stories here was one, he's actually radical, extreme Muslim. And everywhere I go, he created stir and people wanted to kill me. And it was very hard for me because I realized every time I landed in the Middle East, I didn't know what trouble he could say that I had burned the Al-Quran or blasphemed Muhammad. So it just, I didn't know from moment to moment what was waiting me. And one time 500 guys showed up with guns and machetes and, and, and they were coming to kill me. And it was one of those, I just escaped from my life. And then I realized I stood before the Lord and just, I struggled with this guy. And he said, he is not the problem you are. Wow. Because when you are looking at the terrorist Saul, you have not seen the apostle Paul. Yeah. I don't treat people based upon their history, but their destiny. So it started with me having a repentance in my view towards him and just realizing instead of what is broken about him, that led to a meeting with his granny mom at the King's Mosque. And I shook his hand. He was, he had to shake my hand just as an official part. The culture. very guy was my enemy, culture. He shook my hand. And later on, I heard when he shared his story, he went and he washed his hand right afterwards because he had touched an infidel, an unclean person. And then a few days later, the head of the Al-Hadith, which is the Wahhabi street, uh, restrict, the leader had invited me in, and it's just a group of top Muslim leaders in this room. And there he is. He comes in with a broken arm, and he has a cast in his arm. And at that moment, I just realized something just came away. And I'll call it maybe boldness, courage, or love. I say, you only have authority over what you love. Yeah, good. And at that moment, I went right up to him, touched that, said, in the name of Jesus, and this bone just came together. In the front of his other mom, he took off the cast right there. That was the very hand that I have shook him that he had clean. Yeah. If, if you had gone with me, Andy, over there now, uh, the team that was with me, they took camels and they ride me into this area with a full parade when I'm arriving into this area, into the mosque. And the whole atmosphere and the environment has changed because when God changes our environment, we become environment changer. And that started this uncommon favor with that imam. And there is I just had two of them in Washington, D.C. for the presidential prayer breakfast or national prayer breakfast of these key top Muslim leaders that, that I brought with me from the Middle East. But another one was in my previous office where just we had been with President Obama for the Freedom Act in D.C. and a few of them. And one imam says, I want to come with you here. And he came to my place. We sat in the office and the presence of Jesus filled my office. And in my office, I put the Al-Quran on the top of the bookshelf. So he found the Al-Quran and he started to read in Arabic because I honor his holy book. And he was so blown away on the highest part of the room. You honor the Bible I had, the holy Bible and the holy Quran. And as he started to read, that's when the presence came in. 
And then at that moment, I had a word of knowledge, but I didn't have enough favor to touch him, but I had a favor enough to pray. And he yeah. got healed from the stomach condition. And the next day, right down here uh, was Wyndham Hotel, opened up his laptop on Skype. And he has two wives with nine grown and, and young children. Nine of them stood there. So I want you to give them what I received yesterday. And wow. then the president said, that room in the Middle East. And I'm saying that because just a week and a half ago in Washington, D.C., we were with him on Skype in Syria. So he is with me in the room. And he said, took me away from all the government officials. We went into the room. And again, over Skype, the presence just filled that room where the presence and healings was taking place. And I just had a healing meeting in his mosque last time I was over wow. there. And Jesus was just showing up. So it's this uncommon favor that takes place when we're learning how to honor. And honor is what love looks like. I, I love this. I love what you said is uh, you can only... The power of God flows when there's love. And I love what you said is there had to be a change on the inside first. I was just looking at in the Old Testament story of I could only, or the New Testament story of I can only see Saul. I can't see the apostle Paul. And if we changed the way we viewed people, everything could change. Leif, tell me a little bit about, we've had these conversations about what you're seeing happen with business people. Now, a lot of these meetings you're seeing and happening is behind closed doors, but this is part of the reason, and people don't even know that just the divine connection of how you and I just connected this year about this, but tell me what you are seeing and hearing happen with business people in the presence and power of God. Yeah, I, I have been around the marketplace and the business people for quite a few years. And actually also, we just talked about it. I think it was in 2005. We did it. Lance Waldo and I did an event at Bethel. So I have been around it and it's been part of me. But I feel more recently, I've recognized even more that, including in my own life, uh, I've always been involved in some business marketplace. And for the last, excuse me, last 13 years before COVID, so last 15 years, if you put it together, I was involved in a CEO group. And that would be the least likely. It's a mastermind group. And who is whom? And they are kind of at the top in their field. So I learned a lot by being around these roundtable three, four times a year for three to four days, being with these people, seeing how they were solving problems through Joseph's anointing. So there was no, no doubt about it. I learned a lot, but, but I struggled with what is my place in it. And then eventually, the first time I was invited to be inside this circle, uh, I actually called my spiritual father and says, I, I really do not like this. I'm trying to sell one condo. And one of the guys just sold a thousand condos that very day. So it's kind of a, a definitely <laughs> the lowest comparison. The, yeah. comparison. And that's what I did. I, I had this orphan heart in that setting. And the primary focus, what God brought me there is it, that I had something of value to add value yeah. to each one of them. Yeah. So I just realized after I repentance and realized that I'm not going to run away from this, but how is and what is it you have placed in me that each one of those people need that I can add yeah. value to them, yeah. what I can get from them, but what I can give to them. That's and right. it took three and a half years of just sowing into each one of them privately behind the scenes doing life. A lot of it ended up with a baptism of love. And most of those guys operated from an orphan heart. Yeah. So they were self-made. I don't think any one of them inherited well, but all of them worked very hard. And it is the tendency from the inside of getting a lot of value based off on the successes of what you do and everything else. Yeah. That something was missing either in relationship. So they maybe had wealth, but it added sorrow to it. Yeah. So over three and a half years period, I realized that every single one of them I had connected and still today. And one of them is in heaven, but there's this covenant 
relationship. One of them, he just called me earlier on this morning and we prayed together on the phone. So God just connected me with that group. But then also as a spiritual father to a movement, so many of my guys were marketplace. And I just share one testimony. Leanne, who was my personal assistant, she was in my office, traveled around the world, uh, she and her husband, Ray. And she was so much of a minister, went with YWAM before that and had a yeah. mission organization. But on the inside, she was like me. She also had a king. And what I had learned over this period of time that because when I started ministry, I divorced myself from the kingly realm, if I yeah. use that more the marketplace, it's a gift that God had given me because we didn't have maybe a language back then in the late 80s, early 90s. There was not so much about that in you as both the lamb and the lion. There's both the priest and the king. And so anyway, so Leanne, I saw she wrestled with it. And then she left me, pastor the church, she and her husband, and she's kind of a more the strong lioness. I'm putting this into perspective, and she started to do a little bit of business on the side, only less than five years ago. And I father her. She's just one. But yeah. as I started to father her, she didn't know about wealth, and she didn't know how to steward in wealth. But I had been in a group of people in yeah. preparation for all these years with a lot of wisdom. So I just was, now I had to start not just her, but I had about a half a dozen within my own family that yeah. had come in. What do I do here? Within a year, she left the church. And one of her spiritual sons is running that church in Ohio, doing very well. But she has a business and, and now over 2,000 people working with her. Wow. I just put 200 of her leadership team, all of them also marketplace. She has become a multimillionaire in the middle of this journey. Is coming up with a new book. And I know like Cheon is looking at her life and a lot of other people in short time. But every time she had a lid, she came to me to be a lid lifter and to be able to help to navigate and to be able to not going around with a guilt because she was trying to find balance instead of finding the rhythm. Yeah, and I was helping good. to find the rhythm because heaven in her life was operating more like a rhythm than she had attention being torn between two walls. And, and I, there was something that stirred in my spirit. And then there was another testimony that just came to my mind that, that, that started this process because we, I used to live in Alabama and there was a guy named Josh that had a, I, I, I used to take my car in to get it washed every week. It's one that you drive through and all these okay. guys that yeah. they clean the towels. But every time I met Josh, he knew I was a minister and I preached and he had read some of my books. And he's like, I want you to know I'm, I'm going to sell this business soon. And then I'm going to actually go to Rema and I'm going to go to Bible college and I'm going to be a pastor because God had called me to be a pastor. And I heard this so many times. And one moment I was coming there with my car. And Josh did it again, probably for the 10th time. The same thing. He just couldn't wait to build his business big enough to eventually where he could sell it for enough, where he could then having enough resources. And he was doing so well. He was so anointed for business. And then one day I just stopped the car, went out of the car and I say, Josh, you are a pastor. That's right. And I just released an anointing upon him and I ordained him in the car wash place. Yeah. And he said, every single car that is coming through here, each one of your workers, I mean, you're leading more people to Jesus. I mean, you, and something shifted in him, became alive. He had a word that you're called to pastor, but he didn't know he was called to be a pastor in the marketplace. Yes. Now he is pastoring the marketplace. So just realizing that a lot of the people God started to send my way that are part of our spiritual families. Uh, that are entrepreneurs they are 90 percent of the people yeah. that they are actually called to be in the marketplace and i was helping people to say the ones that jesus called all of them were from the marketplace so i also helped to provide not just 
theology for it, but to help the people to say, thank God it is Monday. But yeah. the people are waking up on Monday and they are stepping in and to have an anointing for their assignment and stay within their lane. And so when I did my Giant Slayers book, I was invited into quite a few marketplace groups to be able to deal with what is the number one giant you're dealing with. Yeah. And I have these 12 pra practical steps of how to solve the giant. And according to the size of giant has to do with a reward. So why did David negotiate a reward before? He could have killed that giant without a reward in some other strategic way. And that opened up for a whole nother group of people that just started to utilize that as a tool. Correct. in the marketplace. So I've been on this journey and including this summer, I just had a group of marketplace and ministry leaders in Austria on the top of the Alps for a whole week. They represent 2000 businesses and ministries wow. all over Europe, 151 key leaders. I would say apostolic leaders in the marketplace and ministry. But again, the joy came for me to be able to, and you are familiar with my chair message and it's probably what I will do, but how do you do business from a kingdom realm? Yeah. Uh, whether it's the kingdom of God compared yeah. to kingdom of self. Uh, how do you do it from a sonship? So I told one of the business guys, if you can double the horsepower with half as much fuel, and suddenly something in him became alive. Because again, uh, I do understand some of the value system for a lot of the business people. But what I was showing him is that you can burn oil and oil of intimacy and to be able to see fruit and that's why we have so many stories of people right now that has a very high level of fruits without uh, having sorrow added to that's it yeah the way they do. that's the biggest thing for me it's not i see people climbing that mountain and they're miserable when they get yeah. on the top if they're still orphans uh, it doesn't matter how big the babel system becomes but there's a Bethel system, which is an open heaven and the house of God, where you build a business on earth that is hosting heaven. And as a result, it affects everybody's life. And it's a whole different way of operating. I love it. I mean, I love that scripture you're referring to is God makes rich and adds no sorrow when I do it his way. If I don't do it his way, it comes with misery, burnout, anxiety, fear. And actually, then it's, it's constantly trying to chase it. I love what you said, Leif, in terms of you are a lid lifter, uh, access, helping business people access the, access the presence and power of God in their workplace. What For people coming to this event in April, what could they expect? How would you say they prepare and what, what would be the outcome for them? I think that the most important thing for the people that are coming is going to be the relationships. Yeah. Not, I mean, there's going to be a connection with God where we have fresh God encounter, where you are going to be refreshed and renewed. And I have an eagle here, but the eagle in the marketplace. So there's no doubt about that. They're going to be experiencing a fresh wind of the spirit so that you're going to be able to soar higher. But I felt the most specific things that God wants to do is connect supernatural connection in relationship. Where one can do a thousand to ten thousand, yeah. and some of the relationship they will end up with around. I kind of see the picture of tables around where they are connecting heart That's to it. heart. That is going to totally change your life. So it's not just going to be okay. There's going to be times where we're going to have encounters with God, where we're going to experience a fresh oil of intimacy, where there's going to be the wind of the spirit, where there's going to be the fire, which is the love. So you will burn brightly, put into your homes and into every area. And also the wine, which is the enjoyment of Pentecost, 
when yeah. we get the enjoyment of Papa God. So we need a passion, the power, and the pleasure of Papa. I see that's going to be served. But I felt the most specific things when each one, and I want to encourage everyone to come with their special sauce, to yeah. be yourself, to be an original, that recognize, just like I shared with you when I got to run my CEO group, I knew what each one of them had and what I needed. But what I didn't realize until that day when God says, this is your special okay. sauce. This is who you are. This is your history. This is what you have in your hands. And this is your heart. So the hands and then your heart and then your history with God. But bringing your special sauce in and start to add value to those other people that are around you. And then you will get to taste of different spices that you can bring into your life, into your family, into your business where God has placed you. So I see this as a big family gathering. Yeah. It, that's that's what it is. And heaven on earth is a family business. <laughs> yes, right. So good. Well, Leif, I know that there's not everyone's going to be able to come, but everybody can just receive the grace of your life. There's a bunch of books and resources. Uh, you shared those uh, those websites, and I'll post those below. I was wondering, though, would you pray and bless everybody that's watching or listening to this right now and just release what you have over them uh, wherever they are listening or watching right now? Father, I just wanted to honor you as a good, good Papa. <laughs> That's who you are. That's who you are. And loved and loved and loved. That's who we are. And I was just thinking about Matthew 3, 17. Before Jesus did anything, before he healed any sick or preached any sermon, he was baptized in water. Heaven opened up. The dove came down. Wherever people are at right now, I'm just asking that the sweet dove will just rest upon your shoulder as you in your heart becomes a resting place of his love. And then the affirmation of the father, the baptism of love, that you are his. You're his beloved. You're his beloved son or his beloved daughter. That the father loves you and he is well pleased with you. You got an A+. Plus before you take the exam. So why live from pressure when you can live from the Father's pleasure? So Father, even at this moment, that liquid love, let it just go into the deepest areas of our life and take away all fear because perfect love takes away all fear. And then whom the Son set free is free indeed. And what you've been set free from, you can set people free from. Free people sets people free. So I'm just releasing over you right now. He says, I'm not giving you a spirit of fear, but what I've given you is a spirit of power because you are powerful. I've given you a spirit of love because you are lovable. And I've given you a sound mind wisdom. I just ask that the conversion of love, power, and wisdom will just rest upon you. Not always about what is right and wrong, but what will be wise and what will be unwise. So even in this season, what does love require of you? in this season and what is the wise thing for you to do i just bless you with that grace there's no longer to be a good day or a bad day only grace days grace to enjoy but also the grace to endure so i just bless the rest the rest <laughs> the rest of your life that's both internal and that's the future the external oh father just release that the eternal will become our internal so that we can change the external. I bless that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
Amen. 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 Well, I received that from myself and we double that down on everybody listening and watching. Uh, if you want to more, find out more, jump onto heaveninbusiness.com backslash events and you'll see that event coming up in April of this year. And Leif, tell us which is the best website to jump onto to find out more about you and what you're doing all over the world. I think if you go to, you can just look at my name, Leif Hetland, and you will find it everywhere, but globalmissionawareness.com, globalmissionawareness.com. But if you forget that, just look at Leif Hetland, and I'm sure that something pops up there, a couple of different websites, but globalmissionawareness.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. Love you much, my friend. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.